in the morning when you need the news that matters most. They can kiss my f***ing ass right downtown and print it. You need the front page. All these mother editorials. On the press box. They're really, really behind you around here. My f***ing ass. With Graney and Bischoff. Rip them mother Rip them touching suckers like the f***ing players. Brittany Griner is coming home this morning. The United States announced that they have agreed to a prisoner swap with Russia. Brittany Griner uh, was arrested in Russia earlier this year, uh, but she is now on her way home, apparently on a plane right now, back to the United States. The United States is releasing Victor Bout, an arms dealer, uh, back to Russia. So after nearly a full year of Brittany Griner being in custody in Russia, she is now coming back to the United States. Yeah. Well, I mean, good for her. Good for her family uh, that she's coming back. Um, I, You and I talked before the show. There's others out there that are prisoners as well. Um, but you made it and bring, bring me up to date here because there was one who's a Marine. There's a Marine. And he was always mentioned along with her. Right. Who's been there, I think it's four years. Uh, the Whelan family, the family Whelan, of the Marine. Yes, yes. They put out basically a statement this morning. Because a lot of people saw the Brittany Griner, hey, she's coming home, and their immediate response is, well, what about the Marine that's over right, there? Exactly. He, he is not coming home. And the family of the Marine, the Whelan family, they actually put out a statement basically saying, uh, hey, Joe Biden did the right thing. Basically saying this was the only deal that Russia was willing to make. That Ru- Basically saying Russia's not willing to, to release allow a Marine. the Marine to go back to the United States. Basically saying that was a non-negotiable or a non-touchable uh, deal that could have been made. Okay. So it's like people that are critic basically they're saying if you're criticizing Joe Biden for not bringing home right. the former marine, it's a foolish well, and I'm sure the criticism is, oh, it's a sports star. Yeah, but they're basically the family saying it's a foolish criticism because he can't make that happen, right? There's nothing he can offer that's going to bring home that marine. I mean, I'm sure there's something Right. But it'd be whatever. They even said the price was too high in their statement to bring home the one of their family members. Wow. So the family of the Marines, at least publicly, very supportive of Brittany Griner coming home today. And that's a pretty, uh, I would call that like a, that's the big person in the room. Because if it was my family member and somebody else was coming home who had been there for a shorter amount of time and it was professional athlete first Marine, I'd be pissed. Yes. But they, at least publicly, were not very supportive of the situation. And I haven't seen anything from uh, his family, but there's also a teacher over there who's in prison. Oh, I forgot about the teacher. Yes. And I actually know someone whose mom taught with him in Russia. They're really good friends. Teacher was teaching in Russia, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then he, he took weed into Russia because he has extremely bad back pain and that's how he manages it and then he got arrested and sentenced to prison same sentence uh, I don't know his sentencing I just know he's been there I think since last summer or last okay. spring okay step back one legged what kind of shot is that have you ever shot that shot do you work on that shot Wait. the Oakland A's Will will stop receiving revenue sharing money if they don't have a stadium plan finalized after the 2023 season. So there is a new agreement among the MLB owners, and by new, I think it's about a year or two old. But there is a new agreement that 
they were going to take the A's out of revenue sharing if they do not get a stadium plan figured out. So the other owners are serious about this. Right. They're basically saying, we're taking money from you. Why are we giving you money with if that you stadium? Don't have a stadium. If you don't have a stadium. Team, and yeah. here's the other thing. The A's play in a big market. Like the whole revenue sharing thing is supposed to be like for, oh, Milwaukee can't make as much money as New York and L.A. Right. Oakland, San Francisco, the Bay Area, that's not a small market. That's not Milwaukee. That, that's a big market. So the owners, I think, have already been upset because why are we giving revenue sharing to, like, he's in whatever, the seventh biggest market in the country or something like that. And if they can't get a deal done and get a new stadium. Right. And so now they're basically saying, well, if you don't have a stadium deal, we're, you're done. You're not getting the revenue sharing that you would otherwise get. Uh, so we'll see if that does anything. That, uh, quickens the uh the job here in terms of trying to get something done up there you know what's funny rob manfred talked about this earlier this week and he actually tried to phrase it as that's a deadline for the city of oakland okay you like, mean based on the revenue sharing based on the 2023 well, he tried to phrase it as well the a's are going to lose a lot of money if oakland doesn't give us a new ballpark right. It's like, no, the A's are going to lose a lot of money if the A's don't get a new ballpark. It doesn't matter when the city of Oakland does it. You're the one that's losing the money, not the city of Oakland. So Rob Manfred is absolutely going to pump this up as some sort of deadline for the city of Oakland at some point over the next year, when in reality, it's a deadline for the A's to get their act together. Uh, You know, I can't tell you that. Greg Berhalter and the U.S. men's national team are discussing a new contract, according to ESPN. Greg Berhalter is set to begin discussions on a new contract. One source acknowledged, though, it's still early in the process, and other sources have indicated that Berhalter is interested in exploring European club options. So, couldn't he do both? No, you do one. You don't. Oh. Get, you don't do both. You do one. Um, so the interesting part of this is it's very much phrased as though Greg Berhalter is the one that will make the decision if Greg Berhalter comes back. That's you agree the, with this? With him coming back? Yeah. Yeah, I, here's yeah. the thing. Because I, I think you think he's done a good job. I would not mind if he comes back. I also think we can replace him. I don't think he's an irreplaceable manager of the U.S. men's national team. Like, we could find somebody that's better or at least the same as Greg Berhalter. But if you told me right now he signed a four-year contract. Through the next World Cup. He's going to be the manager. through the. I mean, obviously, if you lose a lot, you get fired. But he's going to be the next manager through the next World Cup. Perfectly fine. Also, fun stat. Uh, seven of the eight teams that made the quarterfinals in the World Cup have a manager that's uh, coached them through two World Cups now, or more. So now that's surprising. It's becoming it's becoming a little bit more of a trend that manager or that countries keep a manager around because they didn't used to. Right now, I will say one thing: we're talking about some of the best countries in the world, right? We're talking like Brazil, the people France, who win. They don't lose a lot. Exactly, right. they don't lose a lot. Exactly. So that is one thing. Um, Morocco, however, the one exception, fired their coach in June after we beat them 3 nothing. So we beat them. They fired their coach, brought in a new guy. And now he's in the quarterfinals. Five months before the World Cup. Now he's in the quarterfinals. in the quarterfinals. So you're welcome, Morocco, I think is the answer that we should be giving as Americans. Daddy had a breakaway. Kenley Jansen is going to the Red Sox. Signed a two-year deal worth $32 million. The Dodgers missed out, Ed. Well, they're missing out on everybody, it appears. <laughs> Padres last night spending three hundred million more, whoever they whoever they whatever they gave the shortstop. Who's uh, who's in the Dodgers bullpen that's better than Kenley Jensen? Blake Trinan when he's healthy. What did he pitch? Like four games last oh, year? Oh yeah, no, no, when he's healthy. Yeah. He was he wasn't healthy all last year, but I think when he's completely healthy he's better. Because I know, not not singling you out, but 
other Dodger fans that I know did not like Kenley Jansen. Thought that that guy should have never been the closer. They hated that he was in the game in big moments all the time. And now he'd probably be the best reliever on the team. Yes. Like if the Dodgers. Yeah, because I have no idea what Trinan's health issues. He, like you said, he pitched four games last year. Yeah. So Jansen did the one year deal with the Braves and was good last year. I don't. He. I think they did a little bit of uh, different guys closed throughout the the course of the season. So it's not like he was the closer the entire time. They even traded for Rossiel Iglesias at one point in the season. But now he's with the Red Sox for two years and $32 million. I, uh, what was the question again? I'm sorry. I just got <laughs> Also, Wilson Contreras, the number one catcher in the free agent market, signed with the Cardinals. Five-year deal worth $17.5 million per year. Uh, apparently, the Astros and Cardinals were the two finalists Did you want for him? Wilson Contreras. Yes, if... Dusty Baker was going to stop starting Martin Maldonado mm-hmm. because he, he, the Astros last year, right before the trade deadline, their general manager had a deal in place to get Wilson Contreras from the Cubs and Dusty Baker said, no, we don't want Wilson Contreras. And so the Astros traded for Christian Vasquez, who was the Red Sox catcher. And then Vasquez, who's a far superior hitter to Martin Maldonado, didn't start. He started. He got to play in three postseason games. Uh, the Astros allowed one run in those games that he ca- caught in, and he played about twenty-five percent of the games after they traded for him to the end of the season. Maldonado was one of the worst hitters in the game last year at any position, but Dusty Baker loved him so much he would not take him out of the lineup. We found out after the season that in August, Martin Maldonado had a sports hernia and broke a bone in his hand, and Dusty Baker continued to start him. So. If Dusty Baker was going to make Martin Maldonado the backup, then I would have loved Wilson Contreras. Well, if, if they would have had a contract like this, even Dusty would have had to, right? They traded for a better catcher at the deadline last year, and he still didn't do it. Even when Maldonado got hurt, he kept playing Maldonado. So if they had gotten Contreras, I bet they would have made Contreras the main DH of the team. Uh, and still started Maldonado. That catcher. Which would be stupid because they have Jordan Alvarez who can play right, in left right. field, but you don't want him playing 140 games in left field. Maybe 60 or 70 is fine. So the Astros have been linked to trading for Sean Murphy, the catcher for the A's. They've been linked to another free agent catcher, Tucker Barnhart. Like, if they're planning on benching or trading Martin Maldonado, great. If Dusty's going to start him no matter what, be a waste of money to go get a catcher right. who's you're just going to play Martin Maldonado over. So... Did I want Wilson Contreras? Yes. Did I trust that they would actually use him properly? Not at all. Okay. Silence. (laughs) We need more of this in college sports. We get a lot of players announcing on Twitter that they're going into the transfer portal, but none of them are quite as fun as this. Mississippi State running back Dylan Johnson was their number two rusher this year. He put out a tweet announcing he would transfer. In his statement, he said... Because I am not very tough and Leach is glad I'm leaving, I'm entering the transfer portal. So I'm guessing at some point Mike Leach told this running back. You're not very tough. You're not very tough. And I'd be glad if you left in the transfer portal. And this player put that in his announcement saying, I'm in the portal, baby. 
We need more of that. Yes. I'm tired of these players put going to the transfer Thanking portal. everybody. Thanks to Wishing this coach everybody and this coach. My teammates were great. You the did fans. great for me. I loved it there. Start dumping on people. Being well, like, start dumping on yourself. I'd be like, I'm leaving because this person sucked. Because, listen, if you're going in the portal, that means something went wrong. Right. Or, I mean, listen, you might be really good and you just are like, hey, I'm better than this school and I'm going to move on. But usually, if you're going in the portal... There's some relationship or playing time or whatever that wasn't good. Let us know. I'd love to know that Mike Leach said you aren't very tough when you're going in the portal. I love this guy. I can't wait to see where he transfers to. He's great. All right, coming up next, the Raiders play tonight. They get the snap off. Hand off Jacobs. Has the first down of the big hole. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Raiders. That all opened up like last week. And Jacobs does it again. 7.52 to go in the second. A big spike. A big play. And the Raiders back in the game. Jacobs to the left of Carr and the shotgun. Snap. Back to pass. Looking left. Lofting left. To the end zone. Adams grabs it falling down. Touchdown Devontae Adams. He was on his backside and the ball landed in his lap. One play. One touchdown. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. The Raiders play tonight against the LA Rams on Thursday Night Football. Ed is very concerned because he's going to have to watch this on Amazon Prime. Well, I get the circle a lot, the rainbow circle, <laughs> um, and I've got to work off the. I've got to work off the game. I've got to do a report card on the game. And um, I get that uh, circle sometimes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold my breath. I'm going to cross my fingers. I'm going to not move. I think if you move on the couch like one inch, it, like something happens to the feed. So for three hours, I'll stay in the same position with my laptop Can and I try not, not to type very loud or try not to type very hard on the keys. You, and that way, maybe it'll work. Do you think the Internet's bouncing around your house? And if you move, it'll throw it off. And there could be something. <laughs> and that dog moves a lot. So Rory's going to be put outside maybe for the game. Poor Rory, come yeah. on. Just set up a barrier around where you're sitting. Yes, and Rory, because Rory likes to jump on the lap and sit next to you and lick you and do all kinds of things, and Rory can't do that tonight. He's got to calm wait, wait. down. Will you have it playing on your laptop, or will you get it on your TV? No, my television. Okay, all right, all right. No, good. my television. Good, good, good. He's going to try and do Granny's grades, and they're all going to be still loading. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. It's, tomorrow's grainy grades are going to be incomplete. I didn't see the third incomplete quarter. Incomplete <laughs> asterisk. Uh, all right. The, I do not believe this is real, but there is a chance Baker Mayfield starts tonight. Uh, John Wolford is questionable. Baker Mayfield's going to be active tonight. We already know that. Apparently, here's the Rams' plan. John Wolford is going to go through warm-ups. And then they're going to determine if he's going to start or not. If he goes through warmups and feels good and looks good, whatever questions they have, John Wolford starting. If he goes through warmups and something hurts or they don't think he looks good, Baker Mayfield might start this game against the Raiders. Which tonight. we both want. I'd, I'd prefer that over John Wolford. Questionable usually, right? Usually means you play. For the most part. For the most part. They you know, got you, rid of the probable designation in the NFL, right. so nobody so can be probable usually anymore. usually means you play. <sighs> I want Baker Mayfield. You want Baker Mayfield. He we all want Baker on a, Mayfield. They sent him the playbook so it's he on can play on a plane on Tuesday. It's Thursday. It's going to be great. I here. 
I would be stunned if he played and they were on a normal Sunday this week. <laughs> I Let alone a, the Thursday game. I have a feeling the play calls, he's not even going to worry about their actual names and anything. He's just, it's going to be playground football. Be like, all right, hey. Van, go deep. You're going to run a fly route. You're going to run a cross route. And then I'm just going to dump it off to the running back. He's no Dan. You said ready, Van. Cam. You said Van go deep as if he knows any of his receivers' names. Well, that's true. He's he just going to point. Got there. He's just going to point at net numbers. Yeah. That's yeah. right. He just got there, and he the only one he would have known was Cooper Cup, and that guy's not her playing. <laughs> He's her, they don't have Cooper Cup. They don't have Matt Stafford. They don't they, have Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's out. Allen Robinson wasn't very good, but they don't have Allen Robinson. There's no way the Raiders lose. I know we just did. I this mean, with they the Colts. just they just. Lost to the high school coach. We, I know we just did this with Jeff Saturday. Not just, but a few weeks ago. There's no that. way they lose. No. If they lose to Wolford or Baker, Baker Mayfield, Mayfield with, with this running five different plays, they can't lose. I'm I'm gonna be watching and pay, <laughs> trying to pay really close attention to see how many times I hear Mayfield just yelling out numbers instead of players' no, names because he doesn't know anybody. Hundred percent. It's gonna happen. I, there's no way. I, just, I don't. It's gonna be it. great. I don't. I don't believe it. Now I've got a stat for you guys. Um, the Raiders this year, when they outscore their opponent in the first quarter, are one and four. Uh oh. When they get outscored in the first quarter, they well, are four, four and two. Yeah. And there's been one game where they were tied. The first game against the Chargers, they lost. So they're zero and one when tied. They need to tank the first quarter. <laughs> it would almost be impossible to do that against this team. That is true. That is true. Uh, they need to tank the first. For whatever reason, here, here's what we've determined with the Raiders this season. They are incapable of playing four good quarters. They're also good enough that they're not going to play four bad quarters, with one exception, that shutout loss to the Saints. But they are incapable of playing four good quarters, and it appears as though whoever plays the end of the game well ends up winning the the game. game. So they need to tank the first quarter. They did a great job of it last week. Oh, the first four offensive drives, three and out, pick six, fumble, three and out. What a terrific. They need to do that every game. (laughs) First quarter of every game, they need no first downs and two turnovers, and they'll win. They'll be perfectly fine. They'll go to six and seven tonight. That is a crazy stat. Yeah. When yeah. they get off to a good start, they lose. When they suck to start the game, they win. It's ridiculous. The o- the only win they have when they outscore their opponent in the first quarter is Houston, who's who stinks. Right. It's just a disaster of a team. So like if they're maybe the Rams are the same, maybe the this version of the Rams is the same as the Texans now. They were down 10-0 last week. Yeah. They threw a pick six and Jacobs fumbled. They gave Seattle. They gave him a touchdown, right? And then gave him the ball at like whatever the twenty yard line. Right. Defense held him to a field goal. And the other two first drives, they punted. They went three and out. That that's like as bad as it gets to start a game offensively. Good thing the defense was there to not give up twenty eight points to start the game. That might be too much. Don't take that hard. Twenty eight nothing. I think you're done for. So what you're saying is take Rams money line for the first <laughs> quarter and Raiders <laughs> for the game, or the other way around. I don't know which way, but one of that yes. Both of the, those together, yes, I just don't know which way. And and I will say this. Whichever team is up like 10 nothing, bet the other one. Uh, 
I, Danny, you're our degenerate. I don't I know. know if you have the information to go back and look. I want to know if you bet the team that was losing at the end of the first quarter in every Raiders game, how much money would you make? Like, what were the Raiders' money line when they were down 10 nothing? What were the Cardinals' money line? At the uh, end of the yeah, first when they were down 20 nothing. I don't nothing. know how to get yeah, that I'm guessing you, information. You can't go back and see. But. There are databases that have that. I just right. don't know if I have access to yeah. those. I'd so, have to pay text some it. people. Yeah, or whatever. So, because I'm willing to bet you'd be up quite a lot of money if you simply bet the team that was down 10 nothing in every game the Raiders played. Because you would have had the Cardinals 17 nothing come back. The Jags was uh, uh, 20? Well, or no, I thought the, the Cardinals, Card- Cardinals 20. were 20. The Jags, Jags was 17. 17. Right. The you Chiefs. Would have, you would have had the Chiefs, Chiefs game where they were 17. You would have had last week's game where the Raiders were down, down 10 nothing. Like you'd, you'd have five massive wins this year where either the Raiders blew it or the Raiders came back. That's ridiculous. No, excuse me. Eight massive wins this year where the Raiders blew it or the Raiders came back. So I'm guessing you'd be up quite a lot of money. If you simply bet whichever team money was line losing after at the end of the first losing after the first quarter to win the game, because they suck in the first quarter and they win, or they're great in the first quarter, they're they going to be down three zero after the one one uh, quarter. And Danny's going to be on the phone. That's right. Well, Come here's on. the thing: money for, line for Raiders. You, Ed, you're worried about Amazon Prime. If you get the first quarter in, I'll tell you what's going to happen. You don't you don't need to watch the rest of it. <laughs> if they, if I don't they, have to chart any more plays. Right. I chart every play. Right. You're you're no no. You don't don't worry about it. Just win. If they're down seven nothing after one, you can just stop charting and write W I N. They're up seven nothing. L O S S. But you're good to go. That's that's how that's how it's going to work here. I that's also very much like the Golden Knights home and road record. I don't understand. Like I don't know if there's a reason for that. No, it's like you said before. It's all going to even out anyway. It's 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 impossible to have a reason without making excuses for them. And I don't like making excuses for pro athletes. You know I mean? You try to find reasons for it. I don't know if there's a reason for it. Like you said, you said earlier, what, what could be the reason that they're so bad at home and so good on the road? I mean, you could start trying to find things, but then ultimately you're just making excuses. Uh, Darren Millard, who might join us next. He sent me a video. I, I, I'm not actually, Oh, it's a video of him in a doctor's office. I don't know if this means we're supposed to call him or not next. (laughs) I'm oh, we definitely want to call him. Maybe he'll put the doctor on the phone. We've got some questions for him. Hey, Doc, this Millsy guy sitting there. What's wrong with this Darren What's guy? wrong with this guy? Uh, so maybe Darren Millard joins us next from a doctor's office? Moose, you just keep on moosing. This doesn't concern you. Maroon is not just a color. This is the VGK Update. With Darren Milsey Millard. Uh, Darren did not answer, so he's in the uh, doctor's office. We assume talking to a doctor. I was hoping we'd get to hear. Uh, hoping we'd talk to the doctor. Yeah, hear what the doctor had to say about what's wrong with Darren. Um, not why he's in the doctor's office today, just what's wrong with him, period. He's got some, <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. got some issues with that guy. <laughs> he's, got, he's got problems over there. Um, so, <clears throat> in the meantime... Uh, we'll stick with the Raiders here. Is this is it this simple for the Raiders? Give the ball to Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. Like, is it that simple yeah. to just do that and they're going to win games and be in the playoff hunt? I don't know if the they're going to go to the playoffs, but at this point... Be, I, until, be in the hunt. In, in, be in the hunt. At this point, until it didn't work anymore, I, just, I wouldn't stop doing it. 
Is there going to be a game or games where teams slow down or stop both? I think they're more apt to stop Josh Jacobs. I don't know if Devontae Adams can be covered right now. We said it we said it after the game the other day. The funniest thing in the world is watching guys just fall down. <laughs> like he makes two moves and there's I, how many times have we seen DBs fall down now trying to cover this guy? Josh Jacobs, I think you can scheme for more as a running back and it's more apt that he's going to be stopped, but again, the we do these props for the paper and I don't even look at the numbers anymore. I just say over. Yeah. At this at this point, I I mean, I don't know. I think his prop this week was 86. Last week it was 93. I don't even blink. His last three games, Jacobs has 109, 229, and 144 rushing yards. Uh, Devontae Adams' last five has been 146, 126, 141, 74. What a terrible game from him. And 177 177. receiving yards. Uh, So they've both been on pretty ridiculous stretches. I think the interesting part to me is that in the NFL you can generally have a bad run defense and be fine. The Eagles this year, uh, best record in the league, do not have a good run defense, right? Their defense is is pretty good this year, but their run defense is not that good, not that special, but they're pretty good at everything else. And the run, your run defense is where you can afford to sort of be bad and still be a good team. So what, and what that means is if I'm an NFL team and I'm preparing to play any opponent, I'm generally going to be okay if they have some success running the ball if it means I'm stopping or slowing down their passing game. So if I were playing the Raiders, my first thought would be, well, we have to stop Devontae Adams. That guy cannot have a big game. We're going to have to make Carr throw to Mac Hollins or Foster Morrow or whoever else is out there, Keelan Cole. But Josh Jacobs has been so good. That it's like, okay, well, if you do that, they're going to hand it to Jacobs 22 times, and he, you're not going to hit him in the backfield. Like, that's the other key here, is they don't have negative plays with Jacobs running the ball. Like I don't the think off- they had one last yeah, week. Yeah, the offensive line has been very yes. good in run-blocking scenarios. That Jacobs is, all, he, he's not getting touched until he's, you know. Four through, or five yards. Right. And then if he makes one... It, it, Basically, every play, if Jacobs is just okay, he's getting five yards. If Jacobs makes a guy miss, he's getting eight, nine yards. If Jacobs makes multiple guys miss, he's getting he's, 15. Right. And that's been unbelievable that you can't get negative plays against Jacobs. So, But don't you think, at least in the last few weeks, teams have tried to do that against Devontae and he still burned him? So, I mean, Jared made the point about guys falling down. Here, here Anecdotally, when... Watching on TV, so you can't see the full field. Watching on TV, when you see Carr load up to throw it deep, me, I feel like one of two things happens. He's throwing into double coverage, or Devontae Adams is all alone because somebody fell down. Right. Like That's what it feels like when he's loading up to throw deep. It's either, oh my God, he's making a terrible decision, or oh, this is about to be the easiest touchdown they've scored. If guys keep falling down... Nobody, you, you can't game plan for you, no, you can't the corner fell. That. Right. Uh, but I would say all the times that somebody's fallen down, it's been when they've had single coverage on Adams or it's been a zone yes. and he's against the yes. last he's guy, against, whatever exactly. it is. It's never been like, because if, if, if there's man to man with the safety over top or just a zone where two guys, whatever it is, if there's two guys there and one falls, there should be another guy in the area to make it difficult. But every time he's wide open. So I'm curious to see the rest of the way 
Can any of these teams take at least one of them away? And can the Raiders win? Like, can the Raiders win if Carr and Adams are going off, but Jacobs has 26 rushing yards? Or can they win when Adams has 41 receiving yards, but Jacobs is going off? Can they win with only one of them? They can't win if they're both shut down, obviously. But can they win if a defense finds a way to completely shut down one of the two? Right now, the uh, the yard props are Jacobs 87 and a half and Adams 90 and a half. And those are high, too. Like, those are highly prop numbers. It, for as Adams, well as he's done for Adams, it's high. Yeah. Like, um, the way Jacobs is run, I don't know. Like I said, I went over on that one. I, just because, just because how yeah, many, I mean, how can, can you bet against them right now on 87 and a half? Danny, can you quickly see who's projected at a higher rushing yards total in the league this week? Um, I might be able to see that. Like, I'm guessing nobody. nobody? Like, that's probably who, the highest. I don't know who everybody plays. But it's, I mean, yeah. I guess but it's, it's a really, it's a high number for right. running back. It's a high like, number for running back. Yes, running backs have 100-yard games. But on but average. Yeah, on average you can't. I mean, Nick yeah, Chubb. 70 yards, 80 yards a game. And he's at 87 and a half. He's been that good this season. Um, so here is, I'll give you this interesting detail for you. Uh, they're going to play the Patriots. Or I'll give you this first. The Rams are number one in the league in EPA defensively against the run. So by expected points added, going analytics here, the Rams have the best rush defense in the league. Now, now they also don't have Aaron one, Donald they is also not don't playing. have the best defensive player. Right. So that might not matter in this game, but maybe the Rams have a way to slow this down. If you look at sort of the rest of the schedule, the 49ers are fourth against the run. The Patriots are eighth against the run. Uh, Kansas City's actually 14th against the run this year. Where is Pittsburgh? Did I miss them? Oh, they're 20th against the run. Okay. So they're going to play. We'll see what the Rams look like without Aaron Donald. But they're going to play the Rams, the Niners, and the Patriots, who are all really good run defenses by EPA. So maybe that's three games where they get shut down. The interesting part, it's not tonight um, because the Rams are bottom four in the league in EPA against the pass, but the Patriots are also fourth against the pass, and the Niners are also fifth against the pass. So if you're looking at the rest of the schedule and, hey, is there going to be somebody that shuts down at least one or both of Adams and Jacobs, Patriots and Niners defenses are definitely the ones that that have a chance that could do it. Um, so, like... We're counting wins the rest of the way for them to have a legitimate shot. They can really only lose once. It might be zero, but they can maybe lose one more time. Obviously, the Chiefs at the end of the year are tough. The Niners defense might be the one that does it. The Patriots defense might, might be, be the, the one, one that does it. That does it because the Raiders defense uh, has had its moments, right? They were solid early last week because they had to be. Otherwise, it would have been 28 nothing. But the defense is not good enough that if the offense is... That, that's my thing. If you shut down one of Jacobs or Adams... I feel like the defense isn't good enough that they they'll probably up. lose the game. Maybe against the Patriots and Mac Jones, it, the defense will look a lot better. Well, and I don't know who the quarterback is for the Niners. It could be a 12-10 game like you said yesterday. That's true. Um, McCaffrey Wildcat. That's that's the answer. <laughs> that's the answer. Maybe Brock Purdy. I, they are talking Brock Purdy up. Oh, I'm sure seen, they are. I mean, I guess that's Mr. irrelevant. But it's like, man, they're like, was it Fred Warner? I can't remember. Somebody for the Niners was like, he looks like he's been in the league for years. Yeah. Like, all right, calm down. He threw two touchdowns against the Dolphins who give up two touchdown passes to everybody. Like, it's 
it's fascinating to look at the end of the season because they've been playing pretty well, even though they've you know pulled out some very close wins. Their offense has been so good with those two stars that you're like, oh, of course, just giving them the ball. But I, I feel like we're going to run into some games here where defenses are able to stop at least one of the two and the Raiders lose because of it. I don't think either Hunter Renfro or Waller play tonight. No, I don't Short either. week. I don't know. They had a walkthrough. They had a practice. They li- they left yesterday for L.A. I just don't think there was enough time after they got activated to where they put them in a game. Do they make a big difference right now in the offense? Well, you Both can't really say Waller does because Waller hasn't done yeah. anything. Both coming back from injury, they've been really good running with Jacobs, and Adams has been tremendous. Has been great, even with you know Keelan Cole and Mac Hollins as the other threats. Like it, it you want to have them back. I'm not saying you don't, but I am curious if getting them back actually has any significant boost. I would say to the offense because Waller's just even when he's been in there hasn't been great. I would say maybe Renfro. Yeah, maybe. It's, I, to me, the thing with Renfro is if teams were to commit to having whatever, somebody over the top of Devontae Adams or whatever, maybe Renfro gets more underneath, underneath stuff. stuff. Yeah. But again, if I'm a defense and my options are Devontae or Adams Renfro. is 20 yards downfield or Renfro is five, right. all right, take the dump off. So I don't know how accurate this website is, but according to fantasypros.com, Josh Jacobs is the highest projected rusher of the week at 92 yards. The next closest is Derrick Henry at 85. So yeah, sick. but then it goes, I'm sure it goes down. Uh, then it goes Chubb at 82, Dalvin Cook at 81, and then Saquon at 74. Has Cook okay. been that? I guess they're playing the Lions, so just give it to him and he'll have a 50-yard run at some point. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Jacobs number is ridiculous. It's a, It's an absurd yeah. number, so... That's where that's where we're at with Josh Jacobs. And you're saying I shouldn't have gone over. No, you should. I mean, if they, I would have. Aaron Donald's not there, right? And they obviously want to run the ball. And what are they favored by six and a half? If they're winning this game in the third and fourth quarter, then he'll get the load. They're going to be he'll get the load now. If whatever the Rams jump out to that first quarter lead and they don't give it up until the third quarter, it might be hey time to throw the ball a little bit and Jacobs. Maybe just gets game scripted out of a big game, right. but no, I think you're. I think you should be fine. No, Aaron Donald. Come on, who's, yeah. who's playing there? They got John Wolford to play defensive tackle too. <laughs> what? Are, what? Are Not if he's here? questionable. God, are the, Ram, are the Rams like the worst Super Bowl winner the next year? <sighs> yeah, yeah, like, they're yes. projected to be the worst Super Bowl team. The following defending year. Super Bowl champion yeah. the following year. That's, I think as of right now, the worst team finished like six and eleven. Like or six they, and ten. They've had a lot of injuries, but if you go solely by total EPA, well, before the injuries, they weren't great either. No, they weren't. That's they the weren't thing. Great. If you go by total EPA, the four worst teams in the league this year: worst Houston Texans, second worst Carolina Panthers, and then basically in a tie, the Rams and the Colts. Yeah, like they're like you're literally looking at the Rams and be like the only teams worse than you are the Texans and the Panthers this right. year. Even the Broncos are better because their defense is really good. So, not the greatest. All right, coming up next, the Padres really want to spend money. We're back to the press box with Grainy and Bischoff. Coming oh, coming up, my bad Danny, I'm making weird noises into the mic cuz I thought it was off. Uh coming up at nine o'clock, Barry Odom, new UNLV football coach, is going to join the show. 
Also, next hour, we'll have tickets to give away to go see the Golden Knights take on the Philadelphia Flyers. So stay tuned. Big 9 o'clock hour coming up. Uh, yesterday, the Padres finally got to spend some money. An 11-year deal for Xander Bogart, shortstop uh, that was with the Red Sox. He's going to get $280 million, uh, a little less than what Trey Turner got from the Phillies. So they just keep spending. Well, they've been trying. Yeah, to. they've been trying. They got tried to get Trey Turner. They offered him more money than the Phillies. They tried to get Judge. They offered him more money than the Yankees. Uh, I don't know who else was in Bogarts. I don't know who else was trying to get the him. Red Sox were. Trying to get him back? Uh, yeah, but they apparently didn't want to go 11 years. Okay. Uh, they wanted to go like six or something like that. So good for Xander Bogarts that he got basically double that. But it, okay. Are the Padres just trying to spend money to spend money? Like, is that like when you offer Aaron Judge and we find out, oh, you offered more than the Yankees did, didn't get him. You offer Trey Turner more than the Phillies did, didn't get him. And then it's, all right, we're going to offer Xander Bogarts an 11-year deal that I don't think anybody else is offering. Are they just spending money to spend money? I think Peter Seidler wants to win the World Series. And if I'm a Padre fan, like I was there for so many years covering sports, and it was just it was just such, whether you want to argue the market or not, it was such fire sales, not spending money, being cheap. Uh I'm stoked about this guy. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm whether they're good deals or not, it's going to be proven over time. But Peter Seidler came in, and he's spending a ton of money. So if I'm a Padre fan right now, I love the guy. Um, even if he's spending money for the sake of spending money, he's doing something to try to get better and to try to overcome uh, the best team in the division. The Giants? No, they didn't get judged, so they can't be the best team in the division. Uh, it is a lot of fun when your team is willing to spend money. Uh, yes. Maybe a little deflating because you got Xander Bogarts instead of Aaron Judge or Trey Turner, but it is a lot of fun when your team is, which leads me to this question. What are the Dodgers spending money on? Not Carlos Correa. We talked about this before, but the Athletic had a report yesterday that the Dodgers are not going after Carlos Correa because they are worried that a uh, part of their fan base would not welcome Carlos Correa to the Dodgers. This kind of compares to your point about uh, local kids and if they're when they're considered local. And you made the point yesterday. I'm not so sure in the beginning it would be this way, but if he starts hitting 320 and they're in first place and they look like a World Series favorite, he'd be he'd be welcomed. Eventually, eventually, not not in the beginning though, not in the beginning. But if he's great and they're winning at a clip of what they were last year, and everyone says they're like a World Series favorite. You might still have some holdouts on him because of the cheating, but I think for the majority, they would buy into him. I think Correa had four walk-off hits in the postseason as an Astro. The second he hits like a walk-off in the NLDS, he'll be one of the greatest Dodgers ever. It'll be like, oh, yeah, we love this guy. He's phenomenal. That's all we needed was a postseason hit. I'm just confused as to why they wouldn't be able to get behind Correa, but then you see like Yankees and Red Sox players going back and forth between their and their biggest rivals in baseball. I mean, the best comparison is the Dodgers have Mookie Betts on their roster. Right. The Red Sox in 2018 beat the Dodgers Dodgers. in the World Series in a year in which they were punished for cheating. Yeah. And Mookie's beloved. Right. He should be. He's great. So would Carlos Correa, because he's great, too. I just find it funny that they are basically hurting their own potential roster. They might not even end up getting them anyways, but hurting their own potential roster because they're worried that the fans might be fans mad. might boo him or something in his first bat, yeah. which, by the way, he'd probably love that. 
Yeah. Then he hit a home run, and right. all of a sudden they wouldn't know what to do. He would probably love the idea of I've got to win over my own fan base. He'd probably right. he'd probably be better than he's ever been in some stupid scenario like that. It'd be great. So who's going to sign him? Well, that's I. Is he going to get left I mean, out? Is again? he getting Trey Turner money? So not that he wouldn't deserve Trey Turner money because of how good he is, but I mean it's kind of. I mean, you you read this stuff all the time. Who's been even linked to him? So last year, he wanted ten years, three hundred million or more. Corey Seager got ten and three twenty five. Yeah, and then there nobody was willing to offer Correa that. He ends up signing the one year deal for what was it thirty seven million or something with the Twins, and he opted out. And now this year, Turner's gone to Philly. The Padres, who very clearly wanted to spend money, got Xander Bogarts. And now you're looking at uh, Dansby Swanson is still out there, but you're looking at who is left to spend a lot of money. The Cubs have been linked to him, but I will believe it when I see it when the Cubs spend 10 years, $300 million on a, on a player. The Giants have been mentioned, but I think they've only been mentioned because they wanted Aaron Judge. So people are like, well, they didn't get Judge, so maybe they'll spend money on Correa. Correa. I think there's a chance. The Red Sox now are in play because they wanted Xander Bogarts back, but they weren't willing to give Bogarts that much. I think there's a chance Craig gets left out again and doesn't get the 10-year deal. has to go deal. one year again somewhere? And, and, and somebody, I mean, the Twins want well, him back. Well, someone will give him. The Twins would probably give him another like one-year $38 million, $38 million deal. $40 million deal. But I think there's a chance he gets left out again of getting the long-term deal that all the shortstops are I don't are get getting. it. I don't either. Like, if I'm the Padres, I don't know why they would go after Bogarts and not Correa. Yeah, I mean... It's just about you gave you gave Bogarts eleven years. So if if Correa wants ten or eleven, give him that. You're just talking about more money. And if right. you're giving the one guy two eighty or whatever they gave him, you can't go up to three for Correa. Right. I if I was the again if I'm the Padres, I would have rather had Correa over Bogarts. Yeah. So I I don't know. There's a chance he gets left out again. I don't know what's happening. But again, he could do the one year deal, thirty eight million, and he's bad. He just try it again for a third time. Right. I think eventually he'll get you know the long term deal. But it's. I have this weird feeling he might get left out of the long-term deal for the second straight offseason.